Sooner or later, you will experience a great loss in life when suffering reveals that the world is not the place you think it is and that your dreams will not come true after all. What do you do then? From Rod Dreyer. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode four, Diary of a Wage Slave. So this week I've had a lot of folks ask, what's the next episode on the podcast? I told them that it's going to be Diary of a Wage Slave. And the immediate response was always, I thought you were about positive solutions. So we are. But to be able to identify some of the solutions, sometimes you got to identify the problem first. I'm glad they're on the same page that being a wage slave is negative. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Maybe we can talk about it and some people can get out of denial on it. And that's funny. Face it and change their life because... So in episode one, we talked about community and we really talked about mindset that your Facebook friends are not a community. They could be, but they're not. In episode two, we talked about skills over stuff and and having a skills-based mindset. In episode three, we talked about the eight forms of capital and then how to get out of just thinking about everything in the financial or money or fiat mindset. Which is a wage slave's major problem, that they are trapped in seeing their worth and their value in financial capital only, and their identity is their job, where they get that. Yeah. So example, that's a good point. So so example, if you're in, and when I say you, I'm talking about all of us, I'm co- talking about collective we, I'm not Because we have this problem as well, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> we just see it and know we need to get out of it. Right. So if you're in a social setting... And, you know, you're at church, you're at a school function, you're at something like that. Within five minutes, some dude will ask you, hey, what do you do? And why do they do that? Because we get our identity from our job. And it's also a way of doing a little bit of a pecking order. But one of the problems with that is if you're unemployed, and I've been unemployed several times because I was an IT contractor, and you're brought on for a project, you don't know how long that project's going to be recruiter lies to you and tells you it's going to be a long time and then you know you have to find another job in when that project's over because they they roll you off so there's quite a bit of turmoil or unemployment periods in there and you don't even want to go to church or anything because somebody's going to ask you hey what do you do or they're going to if they don't know you or they're going to say hey how's it going and then if you say you're unemployed you've got the stink of failure on you <laughs> right and right. Then it becomes what did you do and why did you get fired or why did you not why did you quit what did you quit for yeah it's exactly a, and because they value each other and set up the pecking order based on financial capital yeah and I don't so know if it works the same way for women or not that would be interesting let's hear some comments on yeah leave this. some feedback in the comments because yeah, we don't have that perspective So overall, this alienates the people who are unemployed, or you may not be unemployed, you may be retired. And how many people do we know that are retired that talk about their job like they still work there? Or they brag about something, yeah, I worked at some place for 40 years. Okay. Well, that's partially, one, the identity coming from their job, Mm -hmm. and so they're still connected to that. But it also comes from all those people not willing to see anything but their job. And so they they need to still prove that. Just because I'm retired doesn't mean I'm dead and I've still got something of value and some contribution to your life you know it's inevitable some people are going to get sick and if you can't work or whatever else then that's that's even that's even worse there's some dark night of the soul going on there so what other points are typical with a wage slave what are some of the other mindsets or limiting factors on them well it's even beyond the job and the identity with the job 
because you're not even really a slave to your job. Somebody's going to say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a slave. I can quit. They can fire me. I'm not a slave. Okay, you're not a slave to your job. That's where you're getting your identity from. But you're a slave to that wage. To a wage. To a wage, yeah. Most people have enough debt that they can't make it more than, say, two months. How, how does debt make them a slave to the wage? Because you got to keep having that wage come in. And usually at the same amount of consumption that you had before. One of the problems with, uh, with being unemployed, for example, is that unemployment pays less. Most places, if you go to find another job, you most likely will not start over where you were at, especially if you're like a union worker or something like that. You may be able to leverage the union and do that, but, but you'll lose your seniority and may have to start at a lower lower rate. So all of those come into play, and then that figures into that. Your credit card payment, your house payment, yeah, your car that, payment. Exactly. So everywhere else it's extended you some credit. So that's what we mean by being a by being a wage slave. And let's be honest here. It's this let's treat this like AA. I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a wage slave. Hey Scott, how you doing? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It's it, it yeah. So you have limited option because you have this debt that you have to meet. And it's even even more funny with uh, going back to the identity thing. If I go to say I'm doing a homesteading thing, so I go to a homesteading um, function or meetup or whatever else, and somebody says, "Hey, what do you do?" Well, nothing I do in my job relates to this at all. So, so it's kind of funny to be asked what you what you do. You know, what is your career? What is your? It's, it's not what you do. It's what is your career? We we, we change the word right. The phrase around to mean something else. And even worse. Even what, worse. What do you do? I homestead. I collect eggs from the chicken coop. I right. right. Those are things I do. But even careers is even there's even a deeper meaning to that. So the HR sites now are called the career site. Even the McDonald's site. There's a sign out in front of the McDonald's that says, "Come have a career at McDonald's." And there's nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, but working at McDonald's is not a career. It's a job. It's not going to get you out of that debt loop you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and everything else. So, you know, and that's why, what are some of the other things that characterize a wage slave or a constrictor? The main thing that we're seeing is that their opportunities are limited. Mm -hmm. Do one, to debt, and two, to the identity problem. They right. don't know how to identify themselves. And I think that creates a scarcity mindset. And when you're identity is your job, then to move up in society, you have to get a better job. So even if you're happy, let's say you're happy being the low level tech support person, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to move up. Sure. You have to move up till you get promoted to your highest level or your lowest level of incompetence, right? And that's the Dilbert principle. Yeah. You're, you're going to hit it. That's They're going to make you a manager or something. And you can't manage people because right. you're, you're, your mindset is different. You don't sure. have that talent, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to keep going to it and you have to because scarcity, right? Right. I need more. I need more. I need more because there is limited amount of time to make this money, to have this identity, to be successful, to be able to go to church and say, I'm important to this person or go to the homestead meetup and prove that you're important and you belong there, right? Mm -hmm. What is the opposite mindset to this if we're going if we're going to try and transition out of being wage slaves right we need what's our opposite what are we going towards where work is a means to an end and not my identity we're not saying don't work obviously and then multiple streams of income you know we'll go into some of that as well you've got to get your identity from something other than the job than sure. the career right mm -hmm. 
So that becomes a question of where do you get your identity? Mm-hmm. Where is a safe place to get your identity? Because no one likes being the person that's getting everybody's sympathy, which is what that job identity mentality gets. When you lose your job, then you need pity. Sure. Or you have an accident, you can't work anymore, then you need pity. You really need community in those situations, but people withdraw from community because... Well, is it community if they're getting your identity from your job? Sure. When they're demanding that you prove your job as part of your identity or your worth to the group, then they're not really community because the community looks at person. It looks at your eight forms of capital. It looks at your overall contribution. It looks at your personhood, not your job Mm -hmm. or your career. Yeah, definitely. So identity has to come from your personhood. So why are we really talking about this? This is where the rubber meets the road. So take an example. We've got a friend. His name's Will. Yep. And he's going through this situation. Big time, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking to him, and he's he's in the same boat. He's saying, so what do I do? Right. What, what is exactly his situation? He's He knows he's a wage slave, or he's lost his job, right? He doesn't, yeah, he's lost he, he doesn't really see that he's a wage slave yet. Not yet. He's dealing with, I've lost my job due to some health concerns mm-hmm. that mean he can't continue to do that job because it's too high stress. Right. The, 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 that the level of IT work is too stressful. But he has the debt, and he has to deal with it. Sure. And he can't just go get another job that pays that rate. So he's got hard quit, but he doesn't see it that way. He's looking for the job, and he feels like he's lost his identity in some ways. You can just kind of hear it in what he says, right? It's Sure. And it's not like he can go and just jump on another job because of his health issues, right? Which is another just another set of bills, mm-hmm. which is more stress. If we were going to address this with Will or help Will through this process or acknowledge, get him to the point where he's acknowledging he's a wage slave, how, how, how do we approach that? What do we say to him? What do we do with him? How are we going to help him here? Well, it's somewhat difficult because I'm still learning the same things. What's the most helpful thing you have done that helps you acknowledge that oh i'm a wage slave i am Uh, tied to this career identity yeah to get away from the identifying yourself with your job and one of the things that really helped with that was most of it right now is contract and when you're contract and you know you're going to roll off and in some cases you're an hourly worker most of the time you work you get paid you don't work you don't get paid and you may be on a three month six month one year project you know that there's always holding, hanging over your head that you're going to roll off at some point. So there's always a tension there. You know, that remarkably takes it farther because it's harder to have pride in the role you have. You know, I'm still right. an IT guy, whatever, right? But you don't get your identity from that specific job. So it's not like... Yeah, I work at XYZ company because nobody cares. This is that's that's because you're going to be moving in six months. Yeah, yeah, and that's temporary. You know, so it's already a little bit down the road towards the the disconnection from that identity with the job and that dependence on the job and everything else. And it's a little bit more anxiety, and then it takes it into more of the prepping mindset because that's usually the first place somebody goes. Right. I got to I've got to cover the lull. The three months, the two weeks, the so, whatever yeah. till the next job. Yeah. Right. So, so that, that, that's, you, that's helped divorce you from the identity problem. But the only problem is it also puts you into a, an extreme anxiety portion, and then it also puts you into prepper mind, mindset. 
you know, what do I do? I'm not doing anything for the next six months because this is going on. And then, oh, well, now I'm going to start eating my preps okay. or I'm going to go out and I'm going to prep. I'm going to buy. So, so, so what's moved you beyond just severing that identity thing to that you have a wage slave problem that was there a question you asked yourself? Was there, what, what was the process? Or you don't know yet. It's just helped you see the problem. Well, it's incremental, right? Right. So not identifying myself with that particular job, starting to look for other other income streams. How are we, how are we going to get Will to get over this identity to the job problem, right? Right. Because that's, that's the transition we're really trying sure. to focus on at the moment is how are we going to help Will move beyond that team? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the first things is getting over that speed bump of you're sick and you're not coming back. Right. It's not right. that I've I'm out for six months, I'm out for three months, and now I'm going to find another job. He's got a situation where he has to make up his mind, you know, he's not going to get an apples to apples job because right. of because of his health issues or whatever else. To me, we need to help Will connect with his personhood because personhood is the solution to the identity problem. If it's not gonna come from your career, it has to come from you are a human being and you're a person and your skills and talents. Which takes us right back to the eight forms of capital, because that sure. is your experiential and your intellectual capital, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do, we go back to the eight forms of capital um, episode from last week. You he, he needs to do he needs do to do an inventory. eight forms of capital assessment on himself, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's ready for that. Okay, because I mean that 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 that. The first thing you want to do is you want to deny everything, right? Because sure. you've lost a job. Your your identity just died, mm-hmm. and you've got to go through that grief. So so, getting him past denial and getting him all the way to acceptance, it's not sl- it's not an easy or slow pass, right? It, right. It, it, it takes a while to do that. But I think we have to reconnect him to his life. So questions like, what was your favorite game when you were a child? Connect back. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you, when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. What was your childhood like? What was you know, those kind of questions help a person go back and say, I am something. I was something before I was this job. I was something before I was valedictorian or I was something before I was majoring in technology at college. Right. That right. to reconnect with that so that they can rebuild up. So those kind of questions. Can you think of something else that helps connect you with? Your identity as a person. A lot of people made that trade-off at some point for, like you said, they they moved up into management even though they hated it, even though they weren't good at it. In in Proverbs it says, you've given your best days to others. Yeah. And there's an orthodox prayer that says that we've wasted our days in vanity. Right. Right. What's vanity there, though? It's how other people see you. Yeah. Which, which is which is a wage slave's problem. One of the reasons they move up is they need to one be accepted, but they also need the bigger house and the bigger car. Right, and that right, that's a vanity thing that that mm-hmm. ties in great. And you'd have the same thing if you were nearing retirement. What do I want to do? I think it comes back to um, in, in our local group. Right, mm-hmm. we have a weekly Telegram call. Sure. I think one of the best questions we asked was, "What is your perfect day like?" Describe your perfect day. Some of us knew immediately what right. that was. Some of us didn't. Some of us struggled with the answer, right? I struggled but, with that answer. With that question, yeah, mm-hmm. and the answer. But that starts to take you to that. What? Because w- when you say, what would you do if you had no time? You pull out that long list, re- longer list, like, I'm going to fix the doorknob. 
Good point. And I'm going to oil the lock. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fix a ceiling fan. And I'm going to plant the garden. And I'm going to... Do all these honeydews the that my wife's been dog house about. and stop yeah. the drip and the right. It's because if you don't have a job, that's what you're going to do, right? Because that long list needs to go away, but it doesn't connect you with your personhood. Sure. But what's your perfect day? Mm-hmm. For some people, it's sitting in a tree stand watching a deer or watching for the deer. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's out fishing. Some people, it, but design that perfect day. What is the perfect day? For, and they, what, what's your perfect day like? Yeah. See, I struggled with that. Number one, because our call is on Monday night and my brain is on work and I didn't understand the context of what you were asking. And, you know, to me, it was my perfect day is literally I don't think I said this, but my perfect day was not getting yelled at at work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 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 But but you've had you've we've had a couple months in between. Have you you thought about any of that or would you? Oh, yeah. If I had. I think I actually came around later or in a follow-up conversation. Yeah, we've asked it several different ways. Yeah, Yeah. perfect perfect situation for me. I'd really like to have a tree nursery. I'd I'd really like doing this. So those are a couple of examples. Two activities that you want to do in your perfect days. You want to record a podcast and you want to start some trees in your tree nursery. Sure. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. That's much farther than not getting yelled at at work. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I think I yeah I think in a f- follow-up conversation I actually said that and I used the tree nursery as an example yeah so and then but at the same time in the back of my head is that voice going you can't make any money doing that but it's not about it pay for your how are you gonna pay for your uh, but but it's not about that it's about right. answering that question what do you do mm-hmm. so you can now say I am a tree nurseryman and a podcaster sure. That'll throw people for a loop. Mm-hmm. And when they say, how does that make you money? You say, that's not the point. You asked who, you asked who I am. Hmm. Right? That redirects them. And people that can have that conversation are ready for community. People that can't, they're still trapped in who's got the biggest car, who's got the highest salary, who's got the prettiest wife, who's got the most behaved, well-behaved children, who's, you know, whatever, right? So... We're going to help Will through what his perfect day is. But that, that question always stumps people. I mean, that's, that's why we've asked several variations in our group call. And this is a great one for group conversations. Sure. I think one of the good ones is the one we did last week where we talked about what is your superpower. But not asking the person. Having other people in the group say what their superpower is. Yeah, I thought that was a... I, I, that, that was brilliant. Yeah, I thought that was a... That was a good idea because so, I would I was uncomfortable well, talking about myself. We we can't see ourselves totally, right? No, I can see myself. I I am unfortunately too self aware, and I spend too much time thinking about myself. Right, but, you but know. we can't fully see ourselves because right. we have that in the way, right? We mm-hmm. need a mirror, someone to sure. say, "Hey, you did a really good job doing this thing," so that you can, oh yeah, I guess I did do that well, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember that that. I said what your superpower was. I said you were one of the most philosophical and religious people I know, and you were embarrassed. Well, I don't consider myself as. You said something about religiously deep when you were expressing that, and I was like, I don't feel that way. That doesn't. I don't feel like I religiously am deep because I have way too many questions. There's too anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's. I don't have. But see, words. this is this is the this is the. But I can't see it. This is more than just hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Right. Don't don't ask me how I'm really doing. 
Did, I, I've started saying to people, when they say, how are you? I started saying, I don't know. Really? And when they push on that, you know, or they push, are you okay today? I've started saying, okay is not the target. Hmm. Right? Because it's not. I, don't, I, I either want to be more than okay, but I'm not reaching okay right now. I mean, if we're 100% honest, I have not had an okay day in quite a while. <laughs> So it's it's way best, below. So what's the best? So, so this is this isn't just like what do you do, right? Right. It's a question that people does this... don't want to hear how you're really doing. They want you to say I'm doing good, but I want real community. And I'm tired right. of fake conversations, so, so I'm not the, participating. What's the best way to answer that question then and interact with that? I, I really like just telling them that I don't know today. Hmm. I haven't checked in with myself to find out. I got too much really? to do. Hmm. Yeah, I have too much to do. I like that. Right? I, right? I don't have time to sit here and navel gaze right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to get from here to where I am going in the end, and that means a lot today, mm-hmm. and I don't have time to sit around and feel, figure out how I feel about it. If I do that, I'm going to be depressed, and I'm going to be in bed all day because I don't want to do any of it. Oh, man, that's but true. I want to get down here yep. to the end goal. But So let's play a game. What is Will's superpower? Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? But that's an unfair to kind of ask, but I've not really thought about it. And that happened when we asked a question on the call, too, right? There was mm-hmm. this pause with, oh, what is so-and-so super need you gotta, It's going to take a moment. Well, yeah, one of the things that was really interesting, it takes a while. You and all of us have been in our group for long enough where we were pretty much right on, on target. Um, but it still took a minute or two. Yeah, nobody was really offended or whatever. And it was harder because, you know, I went last, right? Yeah. And so each person got to pick the person they were doing. And I'm like, okay, what would I say for Scott? What would I say for this person? What would I say for this person? Um, 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 right. And I'm getting down. It's narrowing down. Great. That that answer is no good anymore. (laughs) Oh, that answer is no good anymore. Right. That's funny. So what's, uh, what do you think Will's superpower is? I think Will's superpower is he cares. Mm Mm-hmm. And he does a really good job of protecting people. But I think he tries to control too much. That, that's a trap for protectors, right? They they try and micromanage every detail, mm-hmm. and he's lost that. I think we need to get him to reconnect with protecting people is not keeping them 100% safe. It's letting them risk. Oh. But he, he's good at that, and right. he has a big heart. Now, plus, we'll also go into future episodes. One of the challenges that Will has is that his wife is not on board. And this is the thing. When you go through these Dark Nights of the Soul or whatever— well, she's grieving, too, because he lost his job. He's lost his identity. Right. But and you're very seldom in the same place for those five stages of grief. Then but the, everybody starts in denial at the same your, moment. Even yeah. your partner. And the partner is thinking, and, you know, the, if the person doesn't work, then how are we going to take care of the kids? What are we going to do? Are we going to lose the house? And all this other stuff. And then it's harder to get as the primary person. And then when it's a health print thing, it's, am I going to lose this person and how am I going to make yeah, it without that too? And you right. don't want to face that. No or, one wants to look at that. Or the partner needs to pick up the slack, income wise, right? So right. Those are some of the things we'll talk about in the future. What are the What are the five stages of grief again? The five stages of grief. The first stage is denial, anger, mm-hmm. bargaining. Bargaining is a hard one. Yeah. Then you get depressed because mm-hmm. you've faced the situation. You've stopped trying to bargain with it, and you get to acceptance. And when you get to acceptance, is when you can start getting the solutions so what's acceptance means because that's the most difficult one to 
understand. So we've heard one, so, of, so, our, so, so let's, one let's, of our friends has said that acceptance means that it doesn't bother you anymore. Is I, that as I, far I, as acceptance is? Well, or? Well, let's change bother to trigger. Trigger. Okay, that's right? even better. Yeah, because, that's because that gets, gets, gets at it, and, that's, and I think that's what yeah, that's he what meant I mean when he said that. Bother, right? When it no longer triggers you when somebody asks what you do, and your answer is not your career, mm-hmm. you've gotten to acceptance that that isn't your identity. Okay. When you can get to the place where somebody brings up somebody that died, right, and your immediate response is not to deny that they're dead or get angry about it or to deflect or cry depressed it's feeling sad is not depressed right Mm -hmm. depressed is when you get to that place where you just have no motivation to get up in the morning and go to work even right so getting still feeling the loss you feel the loss you feel sad yeah but you have accepted that death is a part of life Mm -hmm. that while i'm still in this corporeal body right i am not going to have contact with that person again right And, and, and that acceptance. It, it, right. And that's the easiest one to do because most of us at this point in life have gone through one or two family members dying, a grandmother yeah. or a grandfather or something, right? Yeah. And, and the way we deal with death should be as, as just as important or at least as important as how we deal with life. Right. And we all know people that have had... Quote comes from... I don't remember. <laughs> Star Trek Two. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so well. Spock dies at the end. Right. Yeah. So where do we take it from here? So we're we're towards the end of this episode. You know, this whole thing with Will will be evolving. And yeah, I think, we, that, I, think, I think that's what we can say is we are going to explore this more on how it affects us as we connect with our person mm-hmm. as an identity versus our job or our career. And we'll keep everybody updated for Will because we don't have a solution yet, right? We're going right. through this. Mm-hmm. We're going but through we're it together. Gonna go, and we're going to go through it with our eyes open. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it honestly because we don't have the solution yet. But we do know you've got to connect to your person being your identity, not your job. Sure. That's a good first step. And if somebody else has the solution and they want to put it in the comments, we can end this whole podcast early because this is the whole point of this podcast is to figure out the solution. If you've got it, then don't be shy. Get on our Telegram channel. Interact with us on there. We've got comments on our website. We value your comments and your feedback on this. Right. Because you've got to keep us out of depression. (laughs) (laughs) or at least help us and with that we'll talk to you the next time take care thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast check us out at thrivingthefuture.com twitter with Thrive in the Future check out our telegram group with a link on our website